That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore. Ding, ding. That was a Pikachu well, hitting a bell. It was a little bit higher pitched than normal. I'm sorry. It was still well played. And with me, as always, is the ever vigilant with his Pokemon references, Rue. Rue, how are you doing tonight? Bulbasaur, Charmander, Jigglypuff. <laughs> Jigglypuff! Um, yeah, good. I'm glad to hear that. That's great. So, uh, welcome to another edition of the Echo Screen Live. Sorry we had to miss that last show. We were, we were a little busy. Um, we were trying to get everything together for Con Bravo. The Bravo of Cons. Which happened somewhere in the Canadian mountains. More like on the lake. Canadian lakes? Yes, there's a lake in Canada. One. I was not aware of this. Yeah. They also have that Timbits. Happened. Oh, they do. They do, actually. Mm -hmm. Timbits are pretty good. What do we call them here? We call them donut holes? Yes, generally. Uh, yeah, they, they or or munchkins at Dunkin' Donuts. Regardless. Munchkins at Dunkin' Donuts. Yes. yes. Uh, they call them Timbits up there. There are lots of strange things that happen up in Canada. And no, Canada is not a chain of mountains. And yes, I am. I, uh, I did make that as a joke. Uh, the But we were in a strange place called Hamilton, Ontario. It was an interesting one. The locals love that place. Oh, yeah, I, it, it was... I, it was I, I, I take their uh, warnings of us not to get stay on the street at night as love. Mm. At least. But no, yeah, we did. We did see somebody get kicked out of a bar. That was pretty interesting. That was interesting. on our first night there. Although I wasn't sure how they they were going to get the uh, you know handcuffed guy to the station, considering that the cops were on bicycles. But you know, Canada and holding mace. Yes, here's your mace, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know. Um, it's great anyway. to meet every, everyone who in the, who's in the chat at Com Bravo. We did have a lot of fun. It was great to talk to a bunch of you. Uh, we we met a lot of fun people. We met a lot of great people. It was a that was a lot of fun. I, I think it was um, I think it was well worth our time. We had a blast. Met a lot of people. Signed a lot of cartridges. We freaking <laughs> we we were on a lot of panels, which are just starting to get posted, which is great. Um, some of you might have even been there and saw some of those panels. In which case, I'm so so sorry. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is tonight's topic, the topic du jour, as you as it were, is stemming from one of the conversations, one of the panels that I was on called The Future of Video Gaming. We're going to continue that conversation here talking about virtual insanity, as in what is the role of virtual reality in video gaming moving forward? We're going to talk about that as the topic du jour, but we do other things here on the Echo Screen Live. We start off every show. Virtual insanity. Ooh. I had to say it. Sorry. Go ahead. Virtual insanity. Yes. Very good, right? <laughs> um, I need to change the topic again. Anyway, uh, we are going to do, before we do a little virtual insanity, we're yes. going to do what we call the TNB, mm. the tids and bits. Not the Tims and bits. Not the Tims and bits. Not the bitty Tims, the titty bims, the bimmy bits. What will happen? Watch your language. Did I say something? Oh. <laughs> the FCC just contacted me. Oh, no. Um, they're shutting down the stream. They're shutting down the stream. And well, if Nintendo hasn't by now, then I'm sure they won't. Yes. Anyway, we're going to take a little news and notes portion of the program. That's what we like to call it. We call it the TNB, the tits and bits. We'll talk about that a little bit. We're going to move into the topic du jour, and then we will get to the third portion of the program, which people still tell me, even in Canada, is their favorite part of the program, which is 
the question and answer portion of the program. So all you have to do if you want to ask us a question, by the way, you can ask us questions about just about anything. It doesn't have to be about the topic du jour or the TNB. Could be about anything. Could be about um, unicorns, for example. If ah. you want to ask a question about unicorns, could be we about will take questions. The last unicorns. It could be about the last unicorns. It could be about any movie that stars Tom Cruise. Uh, just ask us any kind of a question you'd like. How do you ask a question? Well, it's very simple. You don't have to put it into the chat for everybody to see. What you do is just click on my name, Commodore 128, up in the upper right-hand corner. Mm. You'll find it there. Click on that. Click PM, which stands for private message. And you know that's the kind of message I like the best. Ooh, my. And then send me your question to me. I will pick the best ones and we'll ask those at the end of the program. Does that suffice? I think that suffices. Um, with that, let's get into the news and notes, the T&B. Rue, what do we got for the people this week? We got, we got a few things, and I'm going to throw a curveball at you because someone just reminded me in the chat that there was some huge nerdy, nerdy geeky news recently that I'm sure you're very excited for. The announcement of the 12th Doctor for Doctor Who. I'm, I know you were following this with bated breath. I actually saw this. So, you know what's <laughs> interesting? I saw the news this time, and I actually knew what it was talking about, and I was kind of like, oh. I get that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, I guess I'll talk more about it. Um, well, please do, because I couldn't hear less. So. <laughs> I thought you were going to go more on that. Uh, Peter Capaldi, I believe is how you pronounce his name, who is an okay. older gentleman. I think he's 55. He's actually the oldest doctor since the the first one so yep. that's pretty interesting they they went from they, they did like a 30 year gap there in between yes. doctors so it, it's yes i if you're a fan of the show it's going to throw a lot of uh interactions we're used to now in new who uh kind of out of whack there's been a lot of flirtiness with uh the doctor and his companions generally uh that could be creepy now uh so i'm i'm expecting more of a fatherly kind of figure but um Anyway, I don't, I don't really feel with Peter Capaldi as an actor at all. Not at all. He's he's pretty interesting. He's done a lot of work, mostly in Britain. I think he's most well known for. I think it's a British. I think it's well. I know it's a British show, but I think it's called In the Thick of It, uh, where he plays basically a uh, political spin master, or, or uh, you know, like political spin. What's the word I'm looking for? He spins political things, and he oh. says the f word a lot. Oh yes, a lot. So, can you do that on the BBC? Can you say the F word? Apparently you can, but I don't expect that in Doctor Who. Yeah, okay. So, you know. Because it is kind of a kid show, which yes. we covered in our last episode. Anyway, that's exciting. And Vulcan, Vulcan Assassin is now on Doctor Who, season four. I assume you mean New Who, so. Yes. 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 Good for because you. Good God sir. help you if you started with the old stuff. Um, <laughs> moving right along. You got some more tids, Tims and Bits? Tim, Timmy's? Tim. Tim Hortons. Um, yes, I do. Actually, <laughs> we what we are going to talk. We also want to talk about. So this is, is an interesting thought. Um, Google released a dongle. Wow, that's dirty. That is dirty. <laughs> we, I thought that was dirty. That's true. Google released a dongle, and everybody thought that was a big deal because the dongle cost thirty-five bucks. Yes, the 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 Chromecast specifically is what you're talking about. Yeah, okay, it does have a name, but I thought dongle was was adequate. Uh, Google released <laughs> Chromecast, which is their uh, response to the idea of, I guess, um, 
you know, the 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 uh, the kind of portable TV phenomenon, where you just kind of have the internet, you have the stuff that you do on your tablet, and oftentimes it's just so much easier to load something on a tablet, tap a button, and just pop it up in your TV screen, right? That's the way life should probably work here in 2013. Google thought so too, and their answer is Chromecast, an HDMI dongle that you just throw right in the back of your TV mm -hmm. and uh, connects to your Wi-Fi and you just kind of push stuff to it from your tablet. Yes, I'm especially interested in this because I just recently went ahead and cut the cord on the cable because I realized I wasn't watching much TV lately that yep. I wasn't just watching over the internet or something that I could easily get over the internet. Yes. Uh, and it saved 70 bucks, good old Time Warner. So I'm like, I'm going to cut that. Uh, and so I'm really looking hard at a Chrome Chromecast, and I'm sure I'll get one. The thing is, it just op it just opened. It just got released. So, well, first off, it's hard to find. It, it initially was supposed to be sold with three months free of Netflix. Yes. And they discontinued that after, what, two days because they sold so many? They ran out? Yeah, uh, actually, I just checked to, to go buy one. Uh, the other day, just to see what the availability was, not because I'm actually going to buy it. Just wanted to see if I wanted one. Why, you know, what would it take? Yeah, I checked every outlet. Amazon is completely sold out of them. Oh yeah, you can you can buy ones anymore. that have been previously purchased, which are eighty or ninety dollars, which to me is just not worth it if you're going to buy a thirty-five dollar dongle. Yeah. Secondly, uh, every Best Buy within fifty miles of me is completely sold out. Thirdly, if you do go order it from Google, which you still can do, it will take them in excess of a month to get it to you. Google's kind of bad. I, they, they've shown problems with their Nexies in the past. Nexies, uh, I like that. Good. They, they, um, they seem to uh, have problems determining demand correctly. Yes. So yes. I'm kind of scared as to how long it's going to take before they really get on the ball with uh, producing Chromecasts again. Yeah. Um, but I'm totally in for it, even though they discontinued the Netflix thing. It's totally worth it for 35 bucks to be able to basically stream anything. Uh, not anything, but, uh, well, almost anything, because they released the API, and yes. people are already starting to use it uh, in companies and other things. So they've got it for, what, Netflix right now? The big ones. You know, I think Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. Or, or, but I'm it's sorry, only Google the big ones right video. now. The, yeah. the uh, YouTube is, of course, on it because of course YouTube. Google owns YouTube. But the, the interesting thing is, too that um, you can always mirror the tablet with the Chromecast. Yeah. Right? So you can always just take whatever you're watching and just mirror it up there. It'll be at a horrible resolution, but on, you can on, just make it mirror that. Well, I don't think you can mirror the desktop or of your phone, so to speak. But, uh, no, you of can, your tablet. You, no, or your tablet. Yeah, you can uh, cast your Chrome, what's on your Chrome browser. Correct. So it's Chrome a, is it's like what a I mean is roundabout yeah. way of doing it, and it, but exactly. still it's better than nothing. So yeah, it's better than nothing. I just you know they get HBO Go in that thing. I might consider canceling my cable bill because that is a a big part of my viewership now. Um, what's uh, so you know obviously Game of Thrones is is a big deal, and I want to be able to watch those episodes whenever I possibly could imagine to do so. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't mind paying for HBO if I got my HBO Go here and, you know, just kind of be able to flick it from your tablet right to your TV. Not such a bad idea. Good old Vulcan Assassin has an interesting point. Did you, don't you expect a 2.0 version coming soon after the initial release? Uh, what are they going to change about it, though? What's going to be so much a, better is, about yeah, it? Yeah, is, is that a slap at Android? Because remember, this isn't an Android tie-in, right? So this is it's something Android, that, well, I mean, yeah, but they, they 
you know. Yeah, all, I know all you everything that is available for an Android tablet is is also available for iOS. And unlike Microsoft, they don't gimp it on different hardware because they prefer their hardware over yours. Um, you know, they just Google has made it available for anyone that has a tablet because they're not interested in winning the Android versus iOS battle here. They just want everybody that has a tablet to use something that is Google, which I think is ingenious. Because really the closest competitor to this thing, like a Roku box or mm -hmm. something like that, is, you know, a hundred bucks or more, right? So it's difficult to compete when they basically just said, we're going to charge 35 bucks for this and everybody in the world can use it. Makes sense to me. Me too. Um, all right. So, I, you know, am I going to get a Chromecast? I don't have a tablet. Ask me after I get a tablet, potentially. Uh, you, get, you got a phablet. That's close enough. I do. I got my good old Galaxy Note 2 right here that I'm now trying to talk you into. But uh, yep. yeah, no, I'm I'm totally in for it uh, once it comes out. Uh, I want to. I don't know what I'm waiting for, honestly, uh, because I'm like, oh, yeah. I'll wait for some APIs, to, you know, to be uh, for the API to be used and a few more things to come out, like for Amazon Video, blah 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 blah, because you know it's eventually going to come. Yeah. I, should, I should have jumped on it when it first came out. I could have gotten three free months of Netflix, dang it, but oh well. Yeah, but, you know, at the, at the same time, what are they going to do? They're going to make it 25 bucks? You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, I know. The thing's uh, already cheaper change. than crap. It's like, you know, what, what, what is the magical price point if it's not $35, you know? I might as well go ahead and put in my order now. I don't even have a tablet. It's just mm. like, I just want to have one to plug in the HDMI port and feel like I'm cool. Um, one other thing we should mention about the TNB before we move on to the next part of the program which is the topic du jour. We're I would like to mention the fact that Jeff Bozos, the founder of Amazon. So you Did you say Bozos? I said Bezos. My lip got stuck and I said Bezos. Oh, okay. But it's Bezos. Um, not Jeff Bozos. Bozos the clown. The grand prize game. Anybody? Anyone? No. Anyone? The grand prize game? No. Okay, fine. Uh, apparently I'm the only one that watched Bozo. Jeff yes. Bezos bought the Washington Post. That's interesting news. I'm not sure it's kind of halfway relevant to all of us. Maybe you don't live in Washington or you get the Washington Post, but I think it's interesting that you have a newspaper that sold for $250 million. For Jeff Bezos, that's like interest on, you know, one year's worth of his net worth. Um, anyway, he bought it for chump change, and now he owns a major news outlet. Is there going to be kind of a conflict of interest there? No more than all the other billionaires buying a bunch of other newspapers. I mean, uh, people kid themselves if they think the newspapers have been fair and impartial. Oh, it, yeah. it, it's been the standard throughout history that the press is not impartial because people right. are not impartial. So, correct. Eh, I mean, but the, really, the, the age of the newspaper is waning. Yes. I mean, yeah, they still have a lot of power in theory, but... Uh, the whole internet yeah. marketplace of ideas is <laughs> people hijack the news cycle all the time now and it's no longer the new york times that kind of pushes the news cycle um doesn't mean that everybody important doesn't still read it everybody important still reads the new york times everybody that's still important still reads the washington post and the la times but but really honestly does it you know is it really news you can use anymore probably not and uh, i think everybody kind of realizes that it's just interesting to see how those things are going to tie together is jeff bezos going to kind of allow that to be a kind of separate thing a personal project a hobby or is he going to try to tie that into a business interest with amazon that's the question i think everybody, that's on everybody's mind 
That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Amazon and Google both seem to try to be innovating the marketplace in ways that not many other companies are. Uh, yeah. Just like I mean, just like a Chromecast, you know. Yeah. It, it comes out of the ashes of the failed Google TV thought uh, that they had a few years ago. Google has a lot of misses yeah. uh, along with their hits that people forget about. Google Wave, you know, was Google a big Wave. one. Yeah. Uh, the the thing is, is that. I just want to. I just want to say though that when we did do a, re- a recording about Google Wave, I was the one that said it was going to be dead in like five years. I don't know. I was off by four years, but I was right. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. But the thing is, is that at least they're willing to to take the shot, and yeah. uh, that's. I think that's how they get ahead. Honestly, they want to find the next both thing, these companies, and, I, and you know what? They got the capital to burn and do it, so it just makes sense. Yeah, might as well. They can they can miss and not usually you know kill their own business. Um, anyway, so the, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I don't know if it's significant other than the fact that a billionaire bought a, you know, $250 million newspaper. It's just the fact that the Washington Post was still family-owned, so on and so forth. From from the chat room, Brew Commodore Offspring, which is a very strange name, uh, asking whether or not is it is it bad that his private Mary news outlet is Reddit. That's a, like a completely different whole conversation we could be having reddit actually i think we should make that the a topic for the or for future echo screen live we should talk about <laughs> we should talk about the significance of reddit therein and uh, and kind of compare and contrast some of the traditional media with reddit do i think oh. that's necessarily a problem yeah you know i don't know i think using any one source as a as your source of news is probably a problem yeah um you know, even though even there an aggregator, of, yeah, there are plenty of aggregators out there now, which I think are worth their salt, right? I mean, it, the 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 question is, you know, what are you trying to accomplish in reading the news? Are you trying to, you know, read from people that think exactly the same way that you are? Are you trying to find people with different perspectives? Are you trying to just kind of find out things that happened? Um, you know, just read the AP Newswire if you just want to find out things that happened. That's not very exciting, and people don't generally like that kind of stuff for their news so we turn to reddit which is funny because it's just kind of news edited by geeks i think well by the hive mind so to speak jsc 315 probably accurately reflects my thoughts when he goes ugh reddit yet i can't quit it it's i cannot crack for my brain i know you you i know you can't quit gentlemen boners but you know i cannot nor can i quit reaction gifs nor can i quit (laughs) gifs I don't care what the inventor it's says. It's GIFs. It's no. GIFs. It's not GIFs. I, I revolt against his forced pronunciation that no one uses. Uh, for you. the longest time, I just called them GIFs. I stopped. I refused to give in you're to such, GIF or GIF. You're such a loser. Well, I just GIF. You just you avoid it all. It's Cho- perfect. Choosy moms choose GIF? Yes. Okay. GIF. <laughs> uh, anyway... Uh, enough enough with the news and notes the T&B section of the show let's move right along by the way I'm reading some of some folks have sent in some questions because they really want to get in quickly to make sure that their question gets gets answered during the Q&A portion of the program which is yet to come if you'd like to answer a question or if you'd like us to answer a question just click my name which you'll find there in the upper right hand corner send a PM to me let me know what your question is I'm just going to tell you, I've read some of these questions while we were talking here. We're going to have a great Q&A portion of the program tonight. Lots of fun and maybe even a surprise coming for some of you. Um, let's move to the topic du jour. Which is the topic of the day. Mm, I'll have that. 
Interesting side note, recently rewatched most of Dumb and Dumber, yeah, laughed yeah. my ass off all over again. Great film. Best ever made. Hashtag. So I uh, can't wait for the second one, which is coming. So They already uh, made that. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. That's that's a prequel, not a sequel. Oh. What is it? What is it with you? You said the second did you, one. Did you see it? Did you watch it? No, I don't want to watch bad movies. I enjoyed it. It was kind of a lie. It was funny. Anyway. There's a part where you... Anyway. No. So, um, it's not really funny. It's just funny. So, uh, so we were at Con Bravo. We mentioned this already, but one of the panels that I was on was called The Future of Video Games, which Ooh. we had plenty of wonderful and illustrious panelists, Ooh. and somehow I got on too. <laughs> uh, which was fine. I didn't mind that. Um, you know, certainly builds to uh, some of my own cred, my street cred with the kids in Canada. Oh, yeah. Uh, it helped with that. Um you know, we talked about the future of video gaming. And one of the one of the topics that kind of came by the way, I checked that out. There's a great, you know, video of it if you want to go take a look at it. But anyway, the point is one of the topics that we kind of kept coming back to was the idea of virtual reality as a future of gaming. And I thought this would be a great topic for the Echo Screen Live. Uh, Rue was not on that panel, so I haven't heard his thoughts yet, so it's great. I was it's I was observing. Great. It was quite interesting. You were, you were an observer. So we need to Ooh. kind of we need to kind of talk it out a little bit for the people because the people need to know, Rue, what are we doing? What are we thinking about virtual reality in gaming? Hell if I know. Oh, okay, I think well, it's just going to be all like the lawnmower man where we get brain damaged people and we put them in a big giant headset and then yeah. they get smarter and they become killers somehow. Also yeah, Pierce and Brosnan. It, and yeah, also Pierce Brosnan. And then the guy that randomly shows up as the pilot in Lost. That is true. Lapidus. Yeah, Lapidus. Sounds a bit like Lapinus. Lapinus. Which, I, 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 which I think was also in Lawnmower Man, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, it's been too long since I've seen that movie. Yeah, I know. That's true. I, maybe I just got excited because there were boobs in it. Anyway, um, so Lawnmower Man is not the point. So, yeah, so Lawnmower Man <laughs> no, is, is a great yeah. diversion to talk about virtual reality. However, um, when we talk a little bit about history, you know, the first time I ever saw a, you know, with virtual reality, right? Everyone was talking about, it was in the early 90s. Yeah. Everyone was talking about how the, the future of everything was virtual reality. The concept is simple. If you can rebuild the world in virtual space, then you can live completely virtual lives that have, you know, experiences all their own with uniqueness and so on and so forth well and and at that time what was uh one of the big new things like in the late 80s uh when star trek which is a frontier of uh thought for what we will be doing in the future technology wise i mean hell yes look this is a pad this is a pad yes. from star trek next generation i'm holding it in my hand except i couldn't i couldn't hear even you even better under my track order but uh what, what did they introduce there the holodeck the holodeck you know, it, that was definitely in the forefront of many people's minds, virtual reality during this time period. Like, oh, it's a whole virtual world that you can step into and interact with, except kind of petered out because when, you know, well, well why we did had, it peter out? Kind of, well, I think there's a lot of reasons. One is that, you know, at the time, technology virtual boy. Really wasn't Sorry. there, you know? Yeah. So there's, a, there's probably a couple of reasons. One is I think the technology <laughs> wasn't really up to snuff yet. So... Think of the best. I mean, look, go back and, and watch, you know, some promo videos or some 
uh, some of the, the 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 highest computer technology that was available back in the early 90s. Watch the original Toy Story, for example. You know, yeah. it's it's impressive. Now, now imagine you're stepping inside of that. It might be entertaining and fun, but it never would really feel all that real, right? Mm-hmm. It's not very realistic. And so there are some interesting, um, I guess, I guess, uh, new frontiers to attack now that there is more realistic kind of settings that people can build cheaply um, that might change the conversation for virtual reality. So it died because I think there was a limitation of the technology. But I also right. think that it died, and maybe this is just a, a sub-question for the limitation of technology, but... The apparatus was kind of cumbersome. Right? Oh, yeah. You had the giant... Well, because you had to have a giant helmet on your head, basically, with yep. these goggles that went far out because it was, you know, a lot of bulky technology and vision. So you can have 3D stereoscopic uh, world that you're looking at. But once people realize a little bit more about... I remember when I was a kid, it was like, ooh, virtual reality sounds like fun sounds like a real world and you can interact with it except it's crazy like a video game and then right. when you get your first taste of it either through something like the virtual boy which yep. yeah or or even watching lawnmower man then yep. and the horrible graphics that they had in that which wasn't even real virtual reality it was fake no. movie made and it still looked right. like crap and you know as the decade wore on people were like yeah, I'm okay with this TV thing I got in front of me for uh, interacting with games and things like that. So, do you remember the, the the they had little setups at theme parks where you could go and step inside and play a little virtual reality game? Mm-hmm. Remember this? Yeah, no, and it was very expensive, but yeah, it was, it was very expensive and it was crappy. It's still crappy, yeah. It was terrible. So I think the reason that that, uh, but you know, one thing I should mention, it's like everybody, it's you know, when technology kind of comes along that has a really cool name sometimes people really jump on that as being something that it's really not right i mean the internet Mm -hmm. was like that the internet was supposed to just oh gosh the internet's (laughs) going to end all of the world problems and it's going to solve hunger and it's going to make people love each other yeah multimedia it's a (laughs) multimedia extravaganza whatever the hell that means right (laughs) virtual reality it's kind of the stupidest part i'm going to say this the stupidest part of one of my favorite movies of all time, Jurassic Park, the stupidest part mm. of that movie is where you oh. see the scientist going, manipulating the DNA, doing this. He's literally like doing this. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, he's got velociraptor arms with the big gloves. Like, and yeah. yeah, and he's just sitting there. and He's like, he's manipulating the DNA in virtual reality. And it's like, that is the stupidest thing I can possibly think of. What a it wasn't in the book. This was just clearly Steven Spielberg going, look, buzzword, must put it in film. Mm-hmm. It's futuristic. It makes sense. So the term virtual reality kind of dropped off the map for a while because it became a bit of a joke for reasons it's huge just joke. outlined. So so I think there were more sneaky ways in which virtual or, uh, virtual worlds, virtual interaction with worlds came about over the yeah. after the turn of the deck, uh, turn of the millennium. Sorry. Uh one thing I'm going to throw out there before we talk to obvious things like the Oculus Rift right now and augmented reality, yes. uh, the Wii. I the think Wii. the Wii had a big uh, effect on how people think that they can interact with video games. And we're talking mostly about video games here, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, people can interact with video games more than just with buttons and a controller. 
they yes. can actually move their arm and not well necessarily, but it will <laughs> react to their movements. And that's like, right. whoa, I can move wow. this and hit swing a sword kind of or hit a, vol- uh, a volleyball, a tennis ball, you a know. Ball. And so, yeah, you're still looking at a flat 2D image on a screen, but you're interacting with it differently. Yeah, I, you know. Got to give uh, Lee a- some props for that. Got to give we some props for that for for kind of bringing it back. I think, the, but but I'll, I'll I'll let me jump into a conversation that I had during the <clears throat> panel, which is I think people got it in their heads, and I think we still fall under this uh, paradigm that the holodeck is kind of the well. Okay, I had this argument fairly recently with someone as well. Maybe it's not the holodeck, but maybe it's more like the Matrix. The Matrix and or the holodeck are the kind of logical conclusion of where gaming is going. And I think that's, prob- I think that's problematic in a lot of ways. Because um, as games get a lot more realistic in terms of their graphical capabilities, they get almost more unrealistic with their physics, right? And the capabilities that go on with that. So... Think about your favorite game that you love to play, and then think about if someone created it in a virtual world where you could just step inside and experience it as if it were in the Matrix. Right. To me, that is a horrifying thought. Yeah, you a get terrible experience. Most games, you get beat up and hurt, and it's scary as crap. You know, or shot at or yeah. dropped off of large buildings. I mean, even if, even if you were to play Super Mario Brothers, for example, you're think about every around. single time. Yeah, you're running you're around, jumping. you're jumping off cliffs, you're hitting your head on stuff. And I mean, it's just like, you know, you're jumping on giant freaking mushroom creatures that are moving at you. I mean, it would just be a really scary experience, one that would be traumatizing, I think. I mean, if you, you think about playing some of the games that, that people really enjoy playing, like... Call of Duty or, you know, Dead Space. Imagine playing Dead Space in virtual reality where you could step into a holodeck or a matrix. I would absolutely, I would probably kill myself to get out of it. So what about with something like the Oculus Rift Rift now, which basically is virtual reality with the technology to back it up? Yep. And everyone's really just going on and on about how amazing this technology is, how it can revolutionize video games and stuff. Are you buying it? Because well, what, you just, were, what you just said, not so much. People were going off on the Oculus Rift. I think it slowed a little bit, but now people are starting to talk about it again for a couple of reasons. One, because uh, John Carmack, the co-founder mm-hmm. of id Software, the man that basically created Wolfenstein, Doom, Quake, um, and really largely, by and large, computer, uh, I'm sorry, video game 3D graphics as we know it, uh, actually just joined Oculus as the new, what, CMO, CEO? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, However, now that he's on the project, it lends some kind of credibility to the fact that it's not just a startup of people that are, you know, this guy that had had a dream. It's like they're actually going to embed this with game support. It's going to be a platform that you can develop for so on and so forth, just like any other platform. You know, I think people are starting to talk about that. And the other thing is that more experiences are coming out from the community that actually warrant having Oculus Rift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've seen some of these new demos and things like that. I've never been, I've never stepped inside an Oculus Rift. I don't know what it's all about. 
But when you see some of the videos, some of the things that come out of Oculus, you go, wow, that would be kind of interesting. I could definitely see myself doing that. So so you're saying you're going to need a different kind of game. You can't just port in Call of Duty or Super Mario Brothers because yeah. there's just too much action involved. I mean, even if you're not getting hurt by your environment, which if you truly want that immersion, I guess you would have to have. Uh, even if That's you're right. not, you're still gonna have to be like moving around a lot if you want it to be true virtual reality you're gonna be running you're gonna be jumping and that gets tiring after a while because let's face it a lot of us are not in the uh the uh shape to be uh running or storming the beaches of normandy if i'm to play mirror's edge 2 oh god as faith i would be not only would i have a heart attack after i jumped off a building repeatedly but after i ran away from the police and jumped scaled the fences and started jumping over buildings i'd be like dying um and would not be able to continue so yeah you guys are awesome just said just just said what we were talking about I think you yeah, that I, right before we started talking about it yeah so there you go so I, I but i think what's interesting is i think what we should see if, if we do it right I'm not saying it's going to happen but i always wonder why the connect couldn't do this i said the same thing uh we didn't touch on connect i i still say that connect is an amazing piece of technology that Absolutely. unfortunately hasn't had the right game for it yet outside of maybe uh dance central but anyway go and ahead. again i think that's largely a technological issue which is one of the reasons why i'm still considering an xbox one mm-hmm. is because i think the connect is going to be heads and shoulders above where the original connect was and the original connect is a pretty cool concept that never really came to fruition um even though i think the vocal commands or the voice commands are what's the best part of, of connect right now but what I didn't understand about it is why the Kinect lacked the capability to understand that I was holding a controller. Because to me, it doesn't make sense for me to walk around and do this. Like, so imagine, mm-hmm. so Microsoft had the whole, their entire idea was, you are the controller. Well, what if I don't want to be the controller? You know, so th- think about yourself running around doing this. Bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> bang. Grenade. Grenades. <laughs> That's not cool, right? Well, it's not. Yeah, it's it's weird. Even if you're sitting in by yourself in a room, I think most people will be self conscious about that because that's not what real life is like. It totally no, takes you out. Even if it were a hundred percent responsive, that would get so old so fast. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, "Get me out of here! I don't want to play this game at all." Imagine you know you're sitting at home or you're sitting at work. You're thinking about getting home to be able to pop in your favorite game, and you you had a hard day, tough, you know, boss, whatever, and you get home, stressful day, you just want to go sit down and play a game, and you're running around in your living room like an idiot. Bang, 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 grenade. It just seems like the stupidest thing to me. Um, games would get so, so tiring, but why is it that the Kinect can't recognize that I am the controller, but I also am holding a controller? in a similar way to the PlayStation Move in some ways, where you combine the fact that those things are happening at the same time. So I can still move with the control stick, but I can just look with my, with the look controls, which is essentially what an Oculus does, right? Yeah. Um, where I can, you know, where I can do certain actions with my body that will translate and certain actions with my body that won't, because I'll, I'll actually link them to a button. To me, that makes a lot more sense. It's not necessarily about me being the controller. It's about how you can can combine control with a controller with control that is controller-less. How those things come together is more interesting to me than just 
jumping around in front of a TV screen. So you kind of need a Oculus Rift Connect hybrid, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. what you're saying. So is that the I way have... forward? And is that the way forward? Is that is that where we're going? Do you think? No. Okay. No. Having said I that, no. Because, because <laughs> I think I think the reason why that will die soon is because the other thing you understand. It's, I don't think it's necessarily people get people start to think like. The only reason the video games are the way that they are is because we live in, in an existing paradigm. That's not the only reason why, right? That's a part of it, sure. But it's also about, I think, the fact that it's, it is easier and it is more fun and it is more compelling in many ways to sit down with a screen, hit some buttons, and see some things happen that are far beyond your capability as a human being. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's still fun to walk into an MMORPG, travel across the, uh, a fake world that's been created for you, beat some stuff up, make some friends, turn it off, go to sleep. That to me is still fun. It wouldn't be fun if I was jumping into the game space and having to run all over God's creation and, you know, uh, have a bow <clears throat> that I actually physically fired in my living room or. You know, and and that that to me just doesn't seem like fun. What seems like fun is to control a character that does stuff on screen. I think there will be a space for games like what you just described, but I think yeah. there will be a space for games not like that as well. Because honestly, <clears throat> I enjoyed my I, I enjoyed my Wii. You know, yep. I enjoyed swinging my sword like Link in in Legend right. of Zelda games and right. playing the Wii tennis. I also enjoyed playing Super Smash Brothers, which let's face it is not going to work at all by waggling a controller. No fighting game, I think, ever will, because people no. are too demanding in terms of control. Yes, I, I think I saw the Avengers fighting game at E3 last year on the Kinect. Tried it. Oh, man, you wouldn't be able to play more than two rounds without saying, okay, I, I need to sit down. Because it just, it's just it's too physically demanding. Even if you are like really athletic and things like that, no one wants to relax by doing that. You, know, you can't do no. that for all games. So, so let me ask you this, then. Yeah. Augmented reality has been a bigger thing lately. Yeah. Uh, does that have much of a future? And that's a kind of virtual reality in some ways. Um, you know, I think that has more of a future than the whole concept of virtual reality in many ways. Because mm. to me, that's so much more interesting. Um, I think it's intriguing. The thought came up during the, the, um, the Future of Gaming panel. Um, I think James Port now brought this up. The idea is that the mundane can become exciting again. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can have something as simple and easy uh, and mundane as I think the example he used was taking inventory at a store. You Mm. know, like I've done that before. That was my job for a little while. Right. And and I did that. And it was like the most awful thing to do. You're just scanning things and checking numbers. And but with augmented reality, it's almost like the world becomes a game. Right. Where you actually can compete with yourself and try to beat you. I mean, imagine if, if work was a game. Mm-hmm. So you go to work, you slap on one of these, you know, maybe a Google Glass thing or something like that. Oh, and Google Glass we didn't even touch on. That's that's its own. That's augmented reality to the next step, really. It, it is. But so, you know, whatever, personal computing that, you know, would allow you to, to kind of jump into a... Uh, a kind of virtual world within the world that you're in that would allow you to kind of turn your life into a game, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you can kind of see some of the things that are happening 
uh, for your capability to run inventory in that case. It turns into something of an exciting and fun game. That to him is very interesting. To me, what's interesting is the idea of kind of turning uh, the mundane, or not the mundane, but the everyday patterns into new stuff. So I could see things happening like where you're actually, you know, maybe not running around blasting zombies, but where your, you know, your location becomes important. Um, you know, you are in a massively multiplayer online game just because you are on your way to work, right? Where people are in a specific location and, you know, you're in a lot, uh, you know, a, a, a kind of a, an area of sorts and the data is fully available as to where other people are and so on and so forth. I just think that's so much more interesting. Uh Yes, um, the interesting thing is, and 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 uh, Vulcan Assassin just brought this up. He says I use the augmented reality on my 3ds for yep. about ten minutes. How you know? Yep. How about everyone else? Same here, and I think that's what most yep. people did. You know, the little augmented yep. reality cards that you could like yep. have little figures dancing around or whatever. That and it's right. like, oh, that's cool, and then you put them away and never touch them again. Right. Uh, I think that there's limited use for it in games, at least as it's been developed so far. Maybe if it gets much better, uh, it could be more useful and you could use you, you use actual reality as your backdrop. Right. And you could have other things like you were saying, coming at you with uh, the augmented. Unlike the whole Oculus Rift slash Connect thing, I think well, I don't know. Connect has some utility use, like you were saying. Yes. The But the, the, the voice... The voice commands, that doesn't have to be with Connect. You could just no. have a voice module for that. Augmented reality, I think, has actual utility outside of gaming that yeah. I think will push it. It'll push the technology in ways that might make it more useful for gaming later. Google Glass is one. You basically yep. have it cooked up with to the internet, and you can like pull up data, whatever you're looking at, whatever. Uh, just this morning, I was talking to uh, an engineer I work with. Uh, my company recently implemented a bring your own tablet to work. You know, we'll set it up on the network, blah, 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 blah. And he brought his iPad in. And I was like, so what, you know, being a non-Apple guy, I had to prod him a little. I was like, so what are you actually going to use that for at work? He's like, oh, you know, I got this program here. You know, you take this uh, CAD drawing, this SolidWorks drawing and of, of a certain product he was working on. And he's like, look, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And boom, he, he has a, he, he took out his iPhone, of course, and had a little right. QR code. And he puts it yep. on the table. And he's like, look, see, now you can, like, looking through the iPad at the QR code on iPhone, it, it puts that product there. And you can kind of turn it around and look at it and, you know, things like that. I was like, okay, that that is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and then I just heard the other day about how IKEA in its 2014 catalog is going to include an app uh, with augmented reality. And you can basically look through your phone at or a tablet, whatever, at your room, and you can select bits and pieces of furniture and you can kind of position it to see what it might actually look like in your room and it's like that's freaking brilliant that's pretty cool and, and so pretty cool that's going to be pushing i think the technology more than games right now but i'm hoping yeah. eventually it'll because it hasn't been implemented very well with games yet the the commercial appeal for augmented reality in my way in, in many ways i think is, is actually more exciting um you know the other piece of it the puzzle is i think um, really, that that augmented reality, in many ways, just becomes kind of the 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 HUD for life, right? Mm -hmm. um, you 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 have your you finally have a heads up. You're like RoboCop. You can walk around with a heads up display, you know, kind of seeing 
how things are interacting with the world around you. Yeah. Um, that is great information. But once you kind of conglomerate all that together is when it becomes interesting to me. And, you know, the capability of being able to look around your room and see different stuff and go like, well, you know, I do want to put something here. I mean, you could potentially see the entire future of retail changing. Oh, yeah. With that kind of idea. Why in the world do I need to go to a store when I can just look down there and see something and see how it fits in my room, see the scale, maybe even, you know, interact with it in some way. You know, hey, it fits. I'm going to buy it. And then you just click it and buy it. Coming, It's on its way, right? Um, I could see that taking over, but those are not necessarily gaming ramifications. And in terms of the future of gaming, I'm skeptical as in terms of virtual reality. I think that will always remain a little bit gimmicky because we're of the false hope that everything needs to be the matrix. And two, you know, in terms of augmented reality, I like that as a, as a future of gaming a lot more than I like virtual reality. I got to agree. No. Okay. Well, that's easy enough. That that was, we, we have the same thought. But the overarching thing we must always be striving toward is virtual insanity. Virtual insanity. Yes. All right, folks. With that, we will conclude the, the topic du jour. I almost said the soup du jour. <laughs> we can conclude that too if you want yeah which we're not going to conclude ever um, so anyway that we, I think we, we, we covered that topic pretty adequately there's a lot more to talk about with virtual reality some People really good discussion in the, in the chat it's, too by the way I don't know if you were following that absolutely I, I, the temptation is always to get lost in the chat because the conversation is so good but I couldn't I had a great conversation after this. Is, let me, I'll, I'll conclude with this I had a great conversation after that panel with a couple wonderful folks up at Con Bravo, and I and and I introduced the philosophical school of thought that human beings are in fact the ludological animal, which means that what separates human beings from the rest of all of the animals on Earth is that we turn everything into a game. Um, we are the gaming animal, and I think there's something to that. Anytime you've ever been at work and you've created a little game to help you get through work faster you are the ludological animal, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, with that being, with that thought in mind, what technology does with virtual reality or what it does with augmented reality really turns out to be, I think, nothing but a way to achieve our destiny as the ludological animal. All right, we've covered that now. I also covered part of the philosophy of gaming panel that we had as well. So let's move on to- Which is also great. Yeah, which was also a lot of fun. We were both on that one. The question and answer portion of the program. If you have not yet asked a question and you would like to, all you have to do, go right there. See my name up in the upper right-hand corner, Commodore 128. Click on that. Send a private message to me and ask me your question. I will pick out the best ones, and we will go in to the question and answer mm. portion of the program. I'll, I will uh, read your question and answer on, on air, and we'll answer it. Okay. Nightwolf got us kicked off this evening with a question. If you could be immortal, would you? Immortal or immortal? Immortal. Um, by immortal, does he mean, or she, uh, as in you can't die or you just won't die from natural causes? Um, <clears throat> doesn't specify. I'm going to say can't die. Sure. Why not? 
I think there's enough going on in the in the world that you probably wouldn't get bored if you had infinite amount of time to do. You you could definitely uh, spend a lot of time, you know, learning. There's always stuff to learn. There's always more content being produced every day. Uh, as long as the world doesn't go to hell, should be a lot of fun. Um, I, you know, I, I'm gonna take the opposite position. I think it would be really alienating. Uh, horribly alienating remove removing all of the true effects of humanity um, and of this mortal coil to be in fact immortal um, because think how sad it would be when generation after generation all the people that you know and love die yes you know think about how terrible it would be to see the world generations later after you know you had a particularly fun time three generations ago and how different things are. Um, Let me throw this at you, though. Yeah. If you were immortal, I would think that after a period of time, you would get really good at being able to let go of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, all right. I, uh, I can see that. Have you ever seen the movie uh, The Man from Earth? No. It touches on... It didn't star Will Smith, did it? And his son? No. Okay, no. Uh, it... it uh... I can't name any of the actors in it, though I've seen them in tons of different things. It's like yeah. a, it, it basically takes place in this one cabin. It's just people talking, which doesn't oh, sound okay. terribly interesting, but it is and it touches on immortality. Well, basically for the whole movie. Good movie. Uh, you should totally check it out. Check it out. All right, good. I will do that. Jay Squiggles says, "Should we?" Or, or it doesn't really ask a question. I'm going to turn it into a question. Should we build a wall across to keep the, out the White Walkers? Board? Across the Canadian border to keep out the White Walkers? No. I'm... Across the Canadian border to keep out the cold air? No. Yeah, I don't think that's bad. <laughs> As a, uh, at the very least, it's a horrible waste of resources and money. I've been enjoying the, uh, the the mild summer, though, this year. Yeah, not too shabby, huh? No, yeah, not, not bad. We'll take we'll take a little cool air where we can. Last year, last year right. was a lot worse. Yeah, ask me in February. <laughs> um, Matt Man asks, what are your favorite Dragon Quest games? I'm going to let you handle this one. What's your favorite? Uh, just because the only Dragon Warrior games I've played are on the NES. Oh, which ones have you played? I played really only the original, which I thought was actually kind of fun. So that's your favorite. All right. It's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I really bounce around with this because I love a lot of them. Uh, yeah. I think 8 is the most polished. Uh, 5 has a great story. Um, three is just classic, classic, and open world kind of thing. Uh, four is also really great how it integrates chapter system. My yep. favorite, I'll go, and nine's awesome too. Uh, I'll go with eight. Why not? I'll go with eight. Because nice. Jessica's the fan service that all the guys love. Absolutely. All right. No this is where I'm we're going to, we're going to, this is, this is one of those happenstance questions that you get once every 10 shows. You're going to love this question. This is from Mr. Andy Creighton, okay? And you're, from the first sentence, you're going to know where I'm going with this. Okay. Whilst watching Heavyweights earlier, oh, man. we got into a discussion about the abundance of excellent movies aimed at kids age, oh, 10 to 13 during the early 90s. I what was go with that? Else. I can't I can't think of a single one as of late. Where's the Mighty Ducks slash Camp Nowhere slash Sandlot-esque <sighs> movies for this generation? And what made mine different, etc. So let's answer the question first, and then we'll tell our funniest side story. You're killing me, Smalls. Uh, 
Good one. And Smalls was just arrested this week, as a matter of fact, <laughs> headbutting a police officer. I was going to say, hopefully he didn't kill someone. Um, then he could actually be using that, that phrase. Um, You're killing me, Smalls. I don't know. I don't keep up with young adult or young teenager type movies, so I can't say Queenish for sure. movies? I yeah. can't say for sure there aren't any coming out. It doesn't seem like it. Um, yeah. I think you're right, though. I mean, yeah. when I think about it, it doesn't seem like there are a lot of great movies like that. I mean, you know, uh, animation is huge now. You can, you can a lot of people do animation now. You know, um, it was kind of cost prohibitive a long time ago. But, but I so guess many it's, can do animation now. It's yeah. kind of changed the game. It sounds like that kind of coming of age type movie. Um, yeah. Are there a lack of those? What happened to them? Jeez. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of tough. I mean, like I say, a lot of people tell those stories in animation. Um. But I don't, you know, it seems like a lot of the a lot of the movies that come out now are kind of cash grabs for just. I, I was gonna say it seems like there's a lot more blockbuster type movies than there were before. Yeah. Maybe it just seems that way. I don't know. Or is um, it the, 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 that the tweens kind of fooled everybody into thinking they grew up? I mean, now there's Twilight, right? That, I mean, well, now there's Hunger Games. That's um, true. Hunger Games is probably the the latest movie I can think of that's technically but it's a lot more yeah but it's serious it's not funny yeah, it's not like yeah. a, compare hunger games to sandlot right i mean it just doesn't it's not like it's not even in a real analog it's almost like this, it's not even the same universe it's you like know? the lord of the rings ification of uh young adult or young teenage movies i don't know mr andy Creighton, you amazing. have a point sir and uh I, I don't think i can argue with it at all i i i think hmm. we I I I'm not missing those things because I don't really care about those kinds of movies. But you know what? We don't have enough of them. The adults still have those movies. You know, you still have the grown ups movies, grown ups too, right? Those movies are for adults that like those kinds of movies. But you don't really have the tween silly movies, right? The Angels in the Outfield. Well, the Camp yeah. Nowhere, the Mighty Ducks, Rookie of know? the Year, which I've seen too many times. Rookie of the Year, Silent Night says there's a loads. King Arthur's Court or whatever it was. Uh, I think it's yes, all the same people. A guy in that Silent Night says there's loads. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, I'll give you that yeah. one. Uh, yeah, Diary. Of but Wimpy then Kid, you yeah. say Harry Potter, Percy Jackson. That's Percy Jackson, maybe. But those are more like epic type. Yeah, young person movies. Yeah, that's you know? not that, Camp that, Nowhere. That, that, no, no, that's yeah. that's a completely different league. Um, not that those aren't good movies, sure, but you know what I mean. Anyway. So everyone out there probably thinks they already heard the surprise. The actual surprise is coming now. So oh, it's yeah. funny you ask about the movie Heavyweights, which was actually shot uh, in really the backyard of Rue and myself where we grew up. And funny story, I'm actually a paid extra in the movie Heavyweights. Yep. You got to meet Ben Stiller, didn't you? I got to meet all those guys. Before he was uh, big. They're all the Mighty Ducks people. They're all really, really great people. I met them when I was a kid. I actually worked on the movie Heavyweights. And, and Interesting fun fact you learned about the Commodore today. And you had a huge crush on the uh, nurse, didn't you? Oh, she was the hot nest monster. <laughs> and, then, and then it was great because, you know, a couple of years later... You know, after I had gone through puberty, she was in like a she was in like a Clairol hair commercial, and it was like, ah, there she is, and she's still really hot. And then you hit puberty, and then it, all yeah, over again. Well, and then I hit all over again. Hit something else. Okay, you guys are awesome. Also, hold on. Oh. I just want to make the note that uh, 
you you can be found in the back of the uh, dance scene, right? Yes, I'm, I've actually found myself on YouTube just demonstrating to someone that I was in fact in mm -hmm. the movie Heavyweights. You can find me in the dance scene. That's probably the easiest place to find me. And then also the very first scene in the in the movie, which takes place at a, uh, uh, what is this? I guess it's supposed to be a middle it's, school. It's a, yeah, it's a nondescript middle school. Yeah, but that was actually our high school. Where they that is actually that. our high school. That is and, the high school that we actually attended. Yes, and and uh, one of the very first shots in the movie has these uh, people walking by the camera, and there's a girl in the middle with like uh, like wearing a short skirt. That is one of your ex girlfriends. So your ex girlfriend's butt is in the movie. Uh, and uh, not only that, but the butt of one of our uh, very good friends riding a bicycle. Ch chasing after the bus. Yes, exactly. Oh man, um, good times. So anyway, we're we, totally fun, losing fun everyone. Yeah, no one cares about this. Not a single damn person out there cares about this. But us. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Ask the question. What do you think about zombies? Do you like how zombies, to a less extent, are pictured as buried people coming back to life and more as victims of infections? Um, have you seen or read World War Z? So this mm. is kind of a zombie conversation. What well, think? I think that's our next topic, actually. Have we decided on that? Uh, we, should, we should totally make that the next topic. I think that is our next topic for Echo Screen Live is just okay. zombies. Zombies doing in general. That. I think um, it's a great idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah, let's just hold on to that. Yeah, that's we'll going to be the next that. topic for the next Echo Screen Live. You heard it right here, folks. We're going to talk about zombies next time because there's so much to talk about there. It really deserves its own episode. We're going to do that. I All will right. say, though, that I've read World War Z and I thought it was excellent. So I have read World War Z, but I saw the movie and the movie was phenomenal. Mm, I, I, okay, not phenomenal. The movie was good. Very good. I would call it very good. Also, I don't know if you knew this, the author of World War Z is Mel Brooks's son. You know, I did not know that. Interesting, huh? I did not know that. It's, it's mildly interesting. Okay. Huh. Yeah, it's, that's mildly interesting. <laughs> I feel asleep. Talk about Reddit. I feel asleep. <laughs> Ask the question. I, this is going to start a, a, a war like no other. I want to get a new phone. <laughs> Would you recommend an iOS or Android-based phone? Well, I mean, that's not even fair asking us. Well, it won't, that's what I'm saying, but in the, in the chat, people are going to go crazy. I mean, so here's the question I ask everybody that asks me this question. Number one, do you use slash are you tied to iTunes? If you are... Are you tied to the uh, Apple ecosystem? Well, forget about it. I mean, Apple ecosystem is, is easily subvertible. iTunes is not. If you... If you use iTunes and you are really, really connected to it and that's how you listen to music and that's how you get your music, then by all means, don't even look at an Android device. Just get an, I, just get an iOS device. Um, get the iPhone. Get the iPad. The whatevers. Just chain yourself to Apple for the rest of your days. Yeah, I mean, you've already you probably sold your soul. Android some other ways, but that's not a point. The point is, I, that's the first question I, I ask people. Secondly, it is, what do you like? You know, I mean... If you go to the store, so there, the, the, part of the, the problem is that there's one experience for iOS. One experience. It's the experience that they at Apple have defined for you. If you like that experience, then what the heck? Why fix what's not broken? Get an iPhone. If you go to the store and you test out an Android device, of which there are many different flavors. And I don't, And I don't mean flavors in terms of the actual different versions of Android. I mean flavors in terms of there's Sense on HTC devices. There's TouchWiz or Touch Pro Wiz or whatever on Samsung well, devices. Just look at the manufacturers. You got LG, you got Samsung, you got HTC, you got yes. Google, you got Motorola. I mean, 
But on any phone that's worth its salt, you can get the Google Play editions of those phones, which basically strips away all of what the manufacturer does to them and just puts stock Android on it. And mm -hmm. stock Android, if you like stock Android or you like Sense or you like TouchWiz Pro or whatever, then by all means, if you like that more than iOS, why are you even thinking about getting a, a, an Apple? The device. thing is, and I know this is debatable, but honestly, for a while, coming out the gate, Apple did have the best software and hardware combination, hands down. No question. Uh, Android was rough in the early days. <clears throat> at this point, I think most, at least the top flight Android um, handsets, especially Samsung Galaxy Series and the HTC One, 1X, whatever the newest one is now, one. Yeah, they really have blown by Apple in terms of quality uh, of hardware. Definitely, software somewhat debatably, but even then, it's pretty. Well, iOS seven did just come out, and I think it is much okay. More well, there you pretty. go. Uh, but it's you know, and it is a little more flat in terms of its. I, but I, okay, so I I had this debate. It was a heated conversation with a with a, and it's probably. It's probably what we would call a religious one in that, you know, I'm never going to buy, I don't think, an iOS device, even though I've considered it before and we'll probably consider it again. If the, if the iPhone 5S were out right now, I might consider it uh, as the next phone that I'm going to have. But I probably won't because it's not out. Um, but it was probably a religious conversation between an Android bigot and a iOS bigot, okay? But they fought with me tooth and nail. But I think I've had even iOS bigots come to me and say... Recently, Apple has stopped innovating in the mobile space, and Android has surpassed it in terms of its capabilities now. And they would seriously consider getting a phone that was not an iPhone, just because of the fact that there was a lot of new stuff that was available on Android that is just not available on iOS. Honestly, I mean, you're not going to get a complete experience, but one of the best things you can possibly do is go to uh, whatever your local carrier store is and just test drive the, the phones, see what feels good in yep. your hand, see what And you, folks, if you ever want you know. the salespeople to get off your back in a hurry, just tell them you have a corporate account. Mm -hmm. They will not bother you again mm -hmm. because they can't sell you a phone at that point. You have to just, they have to just walk away. Yeah. So go in there, test them out, just say, hey, listen, would love to buy from you, but I can't because I got a corporate account. My phone's paid for by my company, and they just get off your back. So you can get in there, use the hardware at will, and no one's going to stop you from doing so. Pro tip. Pro tip. Kaz the Gamer Guy asked a question. With the current generation of consoles winding down, what do you feel was the most important game made this generation? That's good. That's a good question, actually. That's a great The most question. important game. Let's, let's start naming some games that we could make a, an argument for. We could make an argument for The Last of Us. Yeah, Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Uh, Heavy Rain. <laughs> I can make an argument. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it can make an argument. Um, I guess we're talking only consoles. Um, yep. Well, what what uh, Wii games, if any, were important? Ouch. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think I, were any Wii games that important. I, you can make arguments for things like Wii Sports, maybe. Uh, Wii Sports is probably the only game I might consider. Certainly not the best Wii game out there, but not even close. But mm, yeah. Super Mario Galaxy wasn't important. Was I guess for something we're talking something influential. We're talking something yes. that kind of changed the game. That's why the first thing I thought of was Mass Effect. 
What is the icon? Yeah, what is what is the kind of icon of this generation of consoles? Mm. I mean, that's a that is a that's a damn good question. Um, Assassin's Creed. I wouldn't uh, say Assassin's Creed. Yeah, probably not. Potentially, potentially, Bioshock. Not Infinite, but Bioshock. Maybe. I could see. This is a little hard. Yeah, I could I could make an argument for Skyrim. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like there weren't some solid games, but but the one most important game, like if you talk about the previous generation, easily, yeah. I would say it's a lot easier for previous generations. I would say uh, previous the PS2 type generation. I'd say uh, Grand Theft Auto Three. If you said the sixty Nintendo sixty four generation uh, slash PS one generation, I'd say Super Mario sixty four. If you said the one before that, I would argue Goldeneye for that generation. I think Goldeneye is actually. You'd say Goldeneye? I would because because think of the Ooh, Call of Duty debatable. complex right now. Yeah, but Super Mario sixty four defined three D platforming. Yeah, but three D platforming isn't the be all and end all of gaming. More people play FPS than three than three D platformers. Now, yeah. Eh. Anyway, anyway. There's, there's an argument. We're there's getting an argument out there. For both of us. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I uh, how about Nino Cooney? I don't know if it's the most important. It's probably one of the best ones out there, but yeah, um, that's a hard question. That's a hard question. Yeah, I'm, I'm also trying to think back to the earlier games in the generation because we're <clears throat> we're thinking more biasedly toward the the end of this generation rather than the early kind of influential <sighs> games on on those consoles. I might have Uncharted, to. I might have to. Games. I might have to agree with Christoph. It's sad, but per, it's Call of Duty. Yeah, I think it might actually be just the whole series. It actually might just be Call of Duty. And this is a live chat. Which night? We. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Next question. I don't, I don't want to think about that, me. but that's a that's a damn good question. You clearly stumped the chumps on that one. I, I, I got no <laughs> idea. I have no idea. Um. Ian Murr, the wizard, asks, have you played Pikmin 3 yet? And if so, what do you think of it? I have not played it, but I think I am going to pick it up when it, once it drops in price. Uh, it, might, it might be the first game I pick up since the Wii U launched, uh, or since I picked up some games when the Wii U launched. It does look mighty good, and I, I have enjoyed some Pikmin in the past. So, Yeah, no, I, I, think, that's a, I think that's a good point. I, you know, I mean, there's a lot, I don't know. Are you going to pick up a Wii U? I've thought about. You're thinking, you're I, was thinking just, about I, was, it. I was just about to mention that. Like I, I, I've thought about picking up a Wii U. I mean, I, I had a lot of fun playing with one and Best Buy the other day. I mean, I don't have a Wii, so that's important well, to, to say it as well. True. Right? So I'll put it this way: you would probably be actually not a bad thing. I would be shocked if there was no price drop by the end of the year. Honestly, yeah, I'm shocked. Sure this can... Because I, the sales honestly, is what's, what's keeping poor. me from buying a Wii U right now is not the price. What's yeah. keeping me from buying a Wii U right now is the lack of stuff on it, and there's a lot of stuff coming out for it. So maybe it'll have, maybe it'll happen. There's no. stuff coming out. There's stuff coming out. Pond Life, because because they have a wonderful sense of humor, asks. <laughs> so, what did you think of Slender Man? <laughs> uh, if you're a Com Bravo. Uh, or if you were not, we still did this. Uh, we were kind of roped into doing a let's play of Slender, or Slender uh, which is the uh, game for the PC game in, uh, that kind of tells the tale of Slender Man. Doesn't really tell. The I don't tale. know how we got picked for that, but we got picked. We were the only ones this. around that Mark found us. Yep. For. We were the we were the guest celebrity players of 
Slenderman in front yeah. of an audience with a projector and the lights out. Yeah, basically. And, so you're you're dropped into this forest and you have to gather these eight notes. That uh, and, and meanwhile, Slenderman is is creeping up on you and if you see him it's like oh my god things and, and you can't turn around really fast and it's pretty freaky you know, not gonna lie every time you get a note the the music intensifies and it gets scarier and when the slender man's around you know you start to get static across the screen and it i was i was very jarred so we we each only played one life uh-huh um i played for significantly longer than you it's probably because i just had a mouse but that i helps. played for significantly longer and I, after we left that room, um, and not just because it was really dark in there, but after we left that room, I was I was physically jarred for a long time. First time that's happened to me in a long, long time. It was my, it was a bit spooky. I got spooked. I'll say that. Yeah, that was that was a scary game. Uh, I, would, <laughs> I would not play that by myself in the dark. I'll say uh, that no, right no. If you're looking for a scary experience though in gaming, Slender. check it out. Slenderman. All right, Congo Bongo, among many other questions asks um are you uh oh wait wait oh yeah are you guys ever going to make clan of the gray wolf t-shirts again we've been talking about it with uh mark tajan of uh con bravo now that that is over perhaps we can uh, rope him into that thought again yeah uh sub question will you ever make any more painful memories in gaming probably hmm. not it's just hard to do because we live so far away now yeah and it's not really our shtick guys I mean, yeah we we're kind of bad at that. uh yeah. We're kind of bad at it. It's fun. Definitely It's a fun. lot of fun for us. It's not any fun for you guys. The, th the thing is, things are different now than they were when we started all this, God, like four years ago. You know, mm. where some doofuses on the internet throwing glasses around a, a, an empty auditorium might kind of almost work then. But now it's like there's too much good stuff on YouTube. Yeah. To... to, to Go go spend your time watching somebody that actually makes good videos. <laughs> um, keep watching the shows that we do because we think those are of particular value and merit. But um, those painful memories, man, uh, they're painful for us to watch. That's that's the great irony. <laughs> they're more painful memories for us to watch than they are uh, the actual memories put in the in the in the in the videos. But the real question I wanted to get to from Congo Bongo: Besides video games, do you guys have any other hobbies? Hobbies. Um, geez, mostly who, my job. Who has time for hobbies? I yeah, I know yeah, it's have, it's, it's job. It's making videos. It's visiting my girlfriend. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's um, it. reading. Uh, I, I I have shockingly picked up Game of Thrones, or or yeah, actually Game of Thrones, the first book. So I'm trying to power through that eventually. Um, I enjoy certain TV shows like Game of Thrones. Um, Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Oh, pff, tabletop gaming. Yeah, get together definitely. and do I, that. In fact, I actually uh, have just recently found the nearest game store to me, um, and uh, can't wait to get out there and buy some games from my local game store because local game stores are awesome, folks. Mm. Um, you know, for all of you that don't, and I'm not just talking about video games, by the way. Although there's some really great everywhere I go now, I'm actually starting to see local game stores pop up which is really cool mm -hmm. um if you don't like the whole gamestop shtick and you're kind of tired of the of the corporate pricing model going around and you just want to go and and uh, check out some good games or connect with people in the in the in your in your home community that play video games go to your local video game stores but if you like board games or tabletop gaming the best place to go is still a game store for my money and uh, I've never been upset about that. I've, I've found some really cool game stores. You go there and you you automatically feel like you're among friends. 
So uh, support your local game store. Let's see. Yes, what sir. else? Um, so Silent Silent Knight, spelled with Ys, which mm-hmm. I think is creative. It's Silent like Knight asks, what? It's like Wild Ride. Anyway, <laughs> Silent Knight asks, how long till we get a fully interactive open world game the size of a state or country? This is tricky. Um, because depending on what you call fully interactive, this has been around since the early 90s, right? Mm. So I remember the second Elder Scrolls game, which is called Daggerfall. Um, it, was lo- it was published that actually the landmass in Daggerfall was equal to the entire United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, so there already are games that are the size. Yeah, of I was going to say, depending on what you mean by fully interactive, I mean, uh, Minecraft is a huge world. Minecraft, uh, I think, is capable of rendering a world three times the size of our planet Earth. Yeah, so that's pretty big. And that is truly fully interactive. Uh, yeah. uh, outside that, though, this is why I... Uh, honestly, my favorite GTA was... Um, Wrath of Auto was San Andreas. Because yeah. it was a huge map. And it felt... I don't know exactly how it translates to like a real-life setting. Probably yeah. like a county, honestly. But it did feel huge. It felt like you were traveling from uh, San Andreas to San Fierro. Uh, you know, the <laughs> lo- I can't remember the names. From Los Angeles yep. to the San Francisco analog to Las Vegas. And there was like country in the middle. You had to drive right. through these small towns. And it was like, I love this space. The feeling that I can right. just go off and do this putsy stuff. off, the- And that was for, when did that come out? Almost oh. a little more than a little less than a decade ago. So this is yep. why I'm really looking forward to GTA Five. Hope because GTA Four was great, but it felt constrained. But there you go, right? So think about you just talked about one of your favorite parts about a game being the most mundane, crappy part. Talk about virtual reality. Mm-hmm. You know, is 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 the worst slash best game of all time the virtual reality version of Desert Bus for Hope? <sighs> Yeah, but that's not fully interactive. And Psychopathy makes a good point, is that there's a lot in Grand Theft Auto, especially in San Andreas, that's filler that you can't really interact with. So hopefully that, you know, things like Grand Theft Auto V is a little bit not only huge, but also more interactive. So, Vulcan Assassin asks, Blade Runner, love it or not? I've only seen the first half of Blade Runner. You've never seen the whole... You haven't seen all Blade Runner. I've seen the last five minutes as well. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I, I really enjoy Blade Runner. I liked it. I, I liked it a lot. I really I like it. I finish now, it one day. The other thing I should say is we should also uh, um, stipulate that there are many versions of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, Ridley Scott, I think, has released like five or six different versions of this movie. You know, the director's cut, the extended director's cut, the whatever. Right, um, but in terms of just the original theatrical release, I really enjoy it. I, I think it's a great movie. Um, it's very stylistic. If you're a person that, if if you are the kind of person like me that watches a movie, sees a shot, and goes, "Wow, what a great shot that is! That is a great shot. That's a good looking shot." Yeah, I mean, like, who thought of this? The way it's executed, that is awesome. If you're the kind of person that does that. Then you will absolutely. Then I, I think Blade Runner is something you will absolutely love. 
if you're not that kind of person and you really just kind of take in movies for its, you know, entertainment value, I think Blade Runner's going to be lost on you a little bit. Just saying. And you should totally finish it. Yeah, but yeah. I'll tell you something else you'd really like, um, and that is is I think phenomenal is the actual <clears throat> the actual soundtrack for that. Oh, I do love the soundtrack the, by Vangelis. Vangelius. It's Vangelis. It's pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yes. But I, yeah, I, I mean, that. even some of the songs that didn't make the final cut of the movie, like I think the song for Rachel, I think is what the name of the song. Oh my God. Listen to that one and try not to be swept away. Just awesome. Yeah. It's pretty powerful. Um, all right. Um, Megan, Megan, Megani. Hey, Megan. Megani67. Do you think game franchises should continue to be dumbed down in the hopes of reaching a wider audience and be more profitable or should they stop the practice and allow their series to continue with the same strengths that made their games appealing in the first place this kind of rolls into a conversation we had not too long ago it might have been the last episode about the blockbusterification if you will of a lot of uh, video games Yes. The big development houses are spending so much money on their big games now. They have to same kind of thing with movies. They have to be huge or they fail. I think I read something. Just look at what's going on in Hollywood this summer. Oh um, yeah, there's only room for so many blockbusters. I mean, I think I read something today about how uh, it's a good thing that the Avengers was as big as it was because it needed to hit a billion dollars to be profitable. After all the money spent into making the movie, but also the promotion and this and that and the other, blah blah blah. And so, yeah, uh, it's, it can only grow so much. And I think diluting the product isn't the answer. I think also, we've also, so I, I was watching this thing during Shark Week too, right? Like the Shark Week on Discovery, which by the way is now a freaking joke as well. Yeah. If any of you watched the first kickoff event for this week's Shark Week, I feel so sorry for you. It was absolutely horrible, terrible lie. Anyway... But uh, I was watching something with Shark Week. It was, it was about Jaws. Jaws really created the summer blockbuster idea. And that was, what, almost 40 years ago? I think the summer blockbuster as a shtick yeah. is kind of dead. You know, like, movies can be released almost any time now, and they can be just as big. That is true. I, I never quite understood that. Maybe we're too young or something like that. But I never quite understood why something had to be released in the summer to be huge. Or yeah. if that's just well, it's you know teenage the teenage girl fun thought or theory of popular culture, which is that you in order for anything to make a ton of money, teenage girls have to be into it, right? I mean, look at pop music. Pop music yeah. is almost completely defined by what teenage girls think is cool. If you get outside of teenage girls, pop music looks really, really bad. Um, as a demographic, but I, I don't know what the deal is with that. Maybe they figure that the teenage girls are going to spend more money, or their parents are going to spend more. I don't know, but uh, you know, if you subscribe to that theory, then the idea of the summer blockbuster certainly works pretty well. If you don't, um, you know, I don't really understand the whole concept of the of the of the summer blockbuster anymore. It just doesn't make sense. There are so many more great times to release a movie where people will be available and they will watch a movie. And mm. if it's something they're interested in, they'll do it. Um, news still travels far and wide. It's rare that you find a movie that's really good that performs really poorly. And um, it's rare that a game, that a, a game, a movie comes out that makes a ton of money 
and people don't go, why is anyone watching this? Um, this I'm looking is, at you, Avatar. And, and again, we're talking about movies, but this can all go toward game. It's the exact same yeah. thing going on in the game industry as well. Yeah. And this is why you see so many uh, sequels and easy cash grabs and 16,000 Call of Duties. The last one yeah. sold. Let's do another one of that. You know, it's playing it safe, as Red Mage says. So we talked about this a little bit, too. Psychopather asked, what do you so think about Nintendo releasing rare games? Like, not rare as in rare, the developer. Rare <laughs> games like Earthbound on Virtual Console. Uh that's awesome. I think it's great um, because it, if they're rare, it's hard. You know, people technically can't play them, you know, yeah. without emulation. But um, no, I, I, I would love to see some of the more classic, super rare games get out there. You know, being able to play something like Little Samson on the Wii U Virtual Console. Yes. I mean, I mean, collecting has become enough of a thing now. Yeah, that certain games that are rare uh, have be- have gotten a uh, a mythos of their all their own. Right. Uh, five ten years ago, who would ever care to play Little Samson? Uh, you know, for the super for, or for the Nintendo. Yeah. No, not many people, but <laughs> it's super rare. It costs like I think one just sold on eBay for twelve hundred dollars or something ridiculous like that. So yeah, people hear about things like that, and and that, besides that, it's actually a good game. So yeah. you're not gonna find your own cartridge to play it so yeah i think it's great and why why not right i mean so some of the conversation we had tonight during the topic du jour you know some of those games we named are great because they were super nintendo games and they were released specifically for that moment releasing something on a virtual console ensures that those games that were trapped in that moment can now get to a whole new audience of people that don't own a super nintendo and i think that's phenomenal i think it's great Mm -hmm. um how else is a whole new generation of gamers going to experience the glory that is Final Fantasy VI or Chrono Trigger or Zelda Link of the Past, right? Um, just no other way to do it, so I think it's great. Techie asks, is Clan of the Grey Wolf a reference to Genghis Khan 2? Which is also, I should, I should mention, a Super Nintendo game. It'd be funny if no it wasn't. nominated as, as one of the best. No, well, it's really not. It's not. <laughs> It'd be really funny if uh, Magical Chase. I'm sorry, Magical Chase for the TurboGrafx-16 sold for five thousand seven hundred dollars. There is a bubble in video game collecting, folks. Retro game collecting. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Oh, you can. Um, what was the question? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, actually, do 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 do. Do I got that? Yeah. Are you gonna whip it out? I might. I might not it. be wearing pants. Well, that's not good. Hold on. No, I do have the game. I don't have. I don't have it boxed. That's why it's sitting over okay. there. But so um, you know, you tell I the story. Think, yeah. So there's no um, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. So I actually had played this game. So uh, a, a good mutual friend of ours in middle school and high school had rented this game and thought it was the bee's knees. Um, the wasps nipples. I, yes, the wasps nipples <laughs> i myself uh said well okay let's let's go get it let's let's give it a shot this, is, this sounds like a cool game so we went and got genghis khan 2 and uh we played it for like a whole weekend and, and i of course loved it as well but the reason why it was interesting was because we didn't we never remembered clan of the gray wolf or or we never remembered we never remembered genghis khan 1 it was just genghis khan 2 so the joke between all of our friends 
for the duration of high school and then into college was whenever we called something the second iteration, whatever it was, right? The Matrix 2, Clan of the Grey Wolf, was the joke. So as we were sitting around talking World about... World War II, Clan of the Grey Wolf. Yeah, Clan of the Grey Wolf. <laughs> as we were talking about really anything that had two in it, we would, we would name it that. But fast forward many years later, we were talking about the website and what we were going to call the website. And my idea was just, why not just call it Clan of the Grey Wolf? It'll be like a big inside joke for us. And it's a group of people, you know, a clan, technically. And I, I just thought it worked. And uh, we went with it. And the rest is, as they say, history. And we wanted to have clan meetings. So, it's, yeah. So it's not specifically. No, we didn't. We, it, was, it wasn't specifically a reference to the game. But it is indirectly related. Yes. All right. Uh, 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 yes. DTX180 um, asks a fundamental question that we have to answer before the end of the show. Okay. Cake or, or pie? Cake. You're taking cake? Totally he taking cake, yes. You're taking cake in every instance. Uh, well, that's not the question. You said cake or pie. Well, I, I'm, I'm taking the best of instances. The best yeah. cake beats the best pie, yeah. I, I believe. Yeah. Um, so the best cake beats the best pie. I believe so. Okay. The best pie is pretty damn good. I'd also well, I'd also say the average cake beats the average pie because the average pie is not very good. Let's yeah, be the honest. average pie. Yeah, the average pie can take a pretty big nosedive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's I, hard to screw up cake. It, exactly. I mean, you can get a really nice like almond pound cake with some some uh, delicious some buttercream frosting. Oh, yeah. you'll never have something better. Um, but then again, you can also have some really great like chocolate pie, uh, chocolate uh, what's it called, satin pie. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, <laughs> satin pie. <laughs> Satan pie. Uh, Satan pie. No, what's it called? Where it's like it's like a chocolate mousse on a pie, which is. Does it even count as a pie? Yeah, I guess it kind of does. But regardless, yeah, it's a pie. I mean, cheesecake is a custard. Yeah, cheesecake is a totally different story. That is that is uh, Alton Brown has has addressed that, and yes. his word is gospel. And, and, and we yeah, we shall not rehash that. <laughs> so you know, uh, why would we want to rehash the work of the wonderful Alton Brown? Yes, um, but there's a reason yeah. there's no such thing as a birthday pie. I yeah, I like I like cake better i think i'm not so fast to say the best cake is better than the best pie i think the best pie is pretty damn good okay fine but they're, they're somewhere close general, the average the definitely. average the average cake is better than the average pie you go into your local walmart and you just buy a ten dollar cake and the ten dollar pie you tell me which is going to be better the ten dollar cake yeah almost without fail um, here we go. Lightning round. Last round of questions here, folks. Mr. Andy Crete asks, when's the next weekly ringer? Who knows? I am just saying you should probably just hold tight because it's coming out real, real soon. Um, the hundredth episode Ooh. of the weekly ringer shall be here soon. Chocolate silk. Chocolate silk. Not oh, chocolate, chocolate silk. satin. I don't Not know. Chocolate satin. It was, it was a material. Satin. It was close. I was, I was kind of close. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Um, yes. And let's see. Ha, Flint Steel 7 asks, have you ever tried a peanut butter and pickle sandwich? Oh, God, no. No, me neither. Not even interested. 
Madman, Matman asks, what next-gen console are you getting? Wii U. Already got it. Already got it. If it's between PS4 and Xbox One, I know I'm eventually going to get one of them. I am honestly undecided. And some guy, to finish it all up, who clearly did not see the middle of the program, or even probably the beginning, asks, what is your favorite Zelda? For both of us, it would be A Link to the Past, which I say... is still the best SNES game. I was going to say, actually, I, there's a reason he didn't see the beginning of uh, of that, because we that wasn't a stream. That was us recording the oh, Weekly Ringer. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> you, just got, you just sent out a sneak peek of the Weekly Ringer. I did. Oops. <laughs> um, well, wait, did we talk about Zelda? We already talked about Zelda a little bit today, though, didn't we? No, no you're just completely confused. Man, I'm running it all together. This is a terrible, terrible, terrible day for the Commodore. <laughs> That's a good way to end um, it, though. I think it's I think it's a link to the past, and I don't think it's close. Yeah. I, uh, okay. I think it's close. It's I close. I would say Ocarina of Time second. Sure. Why not? The original is still amazing, though, too. So. Yes. Okay. We'll take that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The original is still pretty good, but I I just I don't see how you could put the original up to like any of the newer ones and and get out okay anyway all right well folks we had a great time tonight i think uh spending some time talking about virtual reality which is something we don't really talk about at all linsanity and linsanity virtual insanity is always a, an interesting topic um but alas it's time for us to go um you know but i think you should look forward to the next topic which is going to be about zombies. So, mm -hmm. Rue, can you tell the folks when they can normally see the show? It will be the first and third Wednesday of the month. Uh, so that will mean that our next show will be the 21st of August, 2013. The, 20, the 21st of August. Boy, it is a shame because I thought we could do the next show in person, but we can't. Anyway, the point is the next show will be on August 21st. We do the first and third Wednesday of the month. So be sure to tune in then. Be sure to tell all your friends that we're going to be on as well. And we'll talk about zombies. It'll be great. We'll have a lot of fun. There should be news and notes by that point. You get to ask a whole new round of questions, if you so choose. In any case, until then, folks, have a wonderful, wonderful time with your sad, pathetic lives. I am the Commodore. Took a dark turn. Ding, ding. And you are... Not. And you are not. Thank you for watching, everybody. <laughs> the Echo Screen Live from the Clan of the Grey Wolf. And there is... No reset button. Clan of the Grey Wolf Genghis Khan 2 is actually not affiliated at all with Clan of the Grey Wolf. There is no affiliation officially or unofficially. If you receive an erection that lasts longer than four hours, please call your doctor. Void where prohibited, especially in South Carolina, Montana, Washington, Texas, and especially Puerto Rico. Good night, everybody.
Thank you.